0: Welcome to Let's Talk Canine Fitness with your hosts, Katerina Marioli and Dr. Leslie I. Join us for the monthly podcast on all things dog fitness. Young, old, overweight, or athletic, our passion for canine fitness has you covered.
1: hi leslie
0: welcome guys to another episode of let's talk canine fitness how are things going today
1: oh well it's very cold here we had first uh, snow and i'm really not a winter person so don't ask me that how are things over there
0: uh you know all too well (laughs) (laughs) The same story. It's winter. Thankfully, no snow, but I don't like winter either. So, um, but yeah, we're,
1: yeah we're we have about- we have to live with it and hope spring is uh, coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good thing. Good thing we have to talk about a lot of things uh, in the past, the upcoming months. So,
0: yeah. So today, though, we're talking about. Core exercises. So this is the beginning of our new series, thing, <laughs> where we're going to talk about um, kind of focus on a body part each episode, and what our favorite exercises are for that body part, and then what equipment we would use, or you know, maybe even talk about like progression of equipment for the exercise. So. This episode our focus is going to be on the core and what we did is we both came up with our list of exercises ahead of time and you know so we could talk about each of them and then yeah hopefully you guys will get some nice ideas from this series of episodes.
1: Yeah, and we decided to talk each about four exercises so that the list won't be too long.
0: Not long, but lots to choose from. So, um, okay, well, let's get started. So, what were your four core exercises that you like?
1: My four favorite core exercises are um, first uh, stand. Okay. Then, uh, uh, stand to down to stand and third is a uh, plank. Okay. And the uh, fourth one is, I call it back hop. I know you call this exercise hiccup. So these, yeah, stand, stand, down, stand, plank and back hop. These are my favorite four core exercises. What are yours?
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have to say great minds, right? Those are exactly my four exercises as well for the core. <laughs> no. is um, <laughs> funny because we definitely, like in discussing this, we, you know, we were like, oh, there's so many exercises you could do. I mean, there's definitely a lot more out there for core, <laughs> but we came up with the same four favorite. And I think that's really. Yes. Yeah, so maybe that. they are. Under-
1: Maybe they are the best. <laughs>
0: exactly, I think it says a lot about um, about the exercises. So let's let's describe what these exercises are, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, let's go through them one at a time. We'll describe them and talk about equipment and everything for one, and then move on to the next. So. Of course we have to start with the stand. Yes. And I think if anyone has listened to past episodes, um they definitely know our feelings about stand and how important it is and how it it tends to not be uh trained a lot or included mm-hmm. in a program and I know I pretty much nowadays, it doesn't matter what you come to me for, whether it's post-surgery or fitness, I like my number one priority is stand and making sure we have good posture Mm -hmm. and everything's looking good. And you're constantly working on that and reminding that for the dog. Um, So I have a very specific picture of the stand in my head of what body parts I want in certain positions. Mm -hmm. Um, so I specifically look kind of at specifically what I would call the antebrachium, which is like between the elbow and the wrist. And I want that to be perpendicular to the ground. Now you also need to look at, you can't just look at that. You, you need to look up, up the chain as well and make, making sure there's not Abnormal like head carriage or something while you're asking for that. And then in the rear, I look for basically from the hawk or the tarsus to the top of the paw to be perpendicular to the ground. And again, there are some slight ex- exceptions and, you know, looking at higher up the leg. And, you know, it's not a perfect rule, but what is a perfect role. Um, Mm -hmm. that for me is the closest I get to like describing to people how I want it to look. I I agree. Mm -hmm. Stay away from just focusing on the top line because I feel like depending on breed and other things like the top line may not look the prettiest (laughs) when you have them in that, stand position that I want and so I think if you just focus on the top line that sometimes gives you improper angles of the legs
1: yeah I agree we have to we have to look for for breed specifics and then of course when 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 you have this proper stand and a top line is off it can indicate to some problems in the body so um yeah and and if you if you if the rear is too far behind, maybe you don't see that problem in the top line so um i think i I completely agree with you about stand exercise, of course, coming from uh confirmation that this is one of my um yeah. I think my clients are. Oh my god, she's so pain in the ass with this stand thing. <laughs> I have so many mirrors, and I would always tell them, "Look at your dog. Look in the mirror." Uh, and uh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah. So, what are your favorite exercises for? Uh, I, I mean, in from beginner to, uh, and and then in progression. What yeah. are your favorite exercise oh, tools,
0: equipment and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I tend to start with like a platform or a stable um, paw targets. So meaning like, I don't want necessarily the first challenge to be instability Yes. to me. You know, the first challenge is getting the dog to understand the position. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of times just having i think a single platform is not great for the dog's understanding um and so that's why i will use oftentimes like two platforms so i can have the front legs on one and the rear on the other and then i can manipulate the space between mm-hmm. the two platforms to get the position that i want i don't tend to go to, all the way down to single paw targets for this Uh, I know some people do um some you know that's nice because you can move things individually but I just I I I think that's a little more work and I'm I'm always like want to be very efficient in my training and I have found that too um seems to work out for me
1: yeah, and, I th- and for me this is not beginner. This is not for for beginners. I I start usually um, with the centimeters on two centimeters on the ground. Uh, I don't care about the size of the dog. I always take two one for the front one, right. one for the rear. And I have um, made these. It's like it's an like an L shaped board. So so and it, it's the size of one centimeter uh, when you take it re- rectangular so you so there is like a stop in the front so it's um yeah it's mm-hmm. like an l-shaped mm-hmm. board where you can lay the Centimet. so the dog steps on the mat in the front and has this little stop which is about maybe 10 10, 10 to 15 centimeters mm-hmm. high and and so you, you you already get this parallel um stand in the front it helps a lot so i i really like that and um and then I can change uh, and play with the rear with the distance. So this is how I start. So solid platform on the ground, nothing moving. so because instability I think is too this is um, not not the point to introduce uh, inst- instable equipment. They just have to understand how to stand properly before you can introduce instable equipment.
0: Exactly. I completely agree. So then I think that begs the question, what's your first piece of, or pieces of instability equipment that you would introduce once they understand the position and are strong enough to hold the position for amount mm-hmm. of, an amount of time? Because that's also the thing is, It's not just can they get in position, can they then hold duration and Uh, I want a nice like 60 seconds duration before I mm -hmm. ever give them a new challenge
1: yeah I, I i i me too i start between 30 and 60 seconds this is like when i when they are able to hold this position maybe for three, three times in a row then i tell them okay we can level up and go mm-hmm. to another piece of equipment um there is two pieces of equipment i i i work with when i'm when maturing from the sentiments mm-hmm. um i start with uh, with fit stages, but very low on the ground, so only a 10 centimeters high from the ground. So it's the the beam we use. Uh, with, with those with these, these I uh, do this with larger breeds. Uh, it's a, like a step in between from from the from the ground with the traction mat, then on the fit stage on the low, close to the ground fit stage. Um, and then the twin discs with smaller breeds I usually go from centimeter right to twin to the twin disc um, with a lower amount of air so it's not rocking uh, back and forth a lot so uh, this is what I use but with okay with the with the new model you also can go directly from the Sensimet to the twin disc because um, it's more stable than the old one so you will see when you get when you get yours you you can see the difference for larger or heavier breeds as well so um, these are the things I I usually do it with very close to the ground um, pieces of equipment and then I worry with the amount of air in the twin discs to make it more difficult for the dogs.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. In In my situation, you know, kind of depends where I am, because obviously if I'm at my home base, I've got all the equipment, so I have everything to choose from. But when I'm traveling out to places, I have limited amount of space in the car to like bring stuff with me so I think generally my use of equipment is very similar of like I don't see a real need to like add height to this exercise Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know you can always stick with equipment that's lower to the ground and you can change like you said the amounts that it rocks. Or the other thing that I do is I change like the ways that it rocks. So Mm -hmm. kind of traditionally with fitness equipment, we've got two possibilities. Like you've got pieces of equipment that rock one, like one dimension, right? They either, they rock like forwards, backwards, or side to side, depending on Mm -hmm. how it's oriented to the dog but then we have other equipment that's more circular. So it's a little bit more 360 um, mm-hmm. type instability. I definitely tend to start with the one, like side to side or um, front to back. Mm-hmm. And I always start with them the same. So meaning if I've got a dog, like let's take the twin disc for example. If I'm doing the dog on the twin disc and I've got one for the front one for the back, they're going to be parallel to each other so they're, they're, they're going to move in the same direction to start. But then if I want to increase the challenge, what I usually do is I, I change the back one. But changing the back one, like turning it 90 degrees, mm-hmm. now they move different ways. So the front one moves front to back and the back one moves side to side. And that's definitely, I see that is a much bigger challenge for the dogs because the front is and back are having to work independently and to balance and figure it out. And I think that's, that's really also brings in a lot of core involvement to yes. the balance and, and be able to do that. So that's how I make things harder. And then from there, you know, that's when I would like look at if that's easy, let's add in one that is 360. So I might, you know, add a pod disc or a donut, mm. or, you know, something to the front that has even more instability that the dog has to work with um but I really don't see a lot of necessity to go to high equipment where I think kind of traditionally a lot of people for core work thought they needed these like big pieces and the dog just needed to stand on that and that would work the core and I don't think it it does as much as Standing, so I think that the you know, way we're describing it.
1: I think that's one point we were I think we were talking about it last time. So this is this is something like this um yeah, there are changes in the pieces of equipment regarding to the dogs, regarding to the dog's safety. And and so uh, I think this this is also a point that changed or should change in people people's minds that um the bigger the dog, the higher the larger the equipment is not necessary. And um because safety, safety first, and right. I like to train my dogs without any any restrictions. So they don't wear a harness, they don't wear a leash. We are I, I train my dogs free. Mm-hmm. If 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 it's a, not a group. Um so, uh, I want my hands free because of because of the of the technique handling techniques i'm I'm working with, yeah, so safety means my dog is close to the ground and is not very high so that we don't get any uh any injuries that we can uh yeah that, yeah because they they go step over something that is too high. Right.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I don't want to have to be... I, I think both of us, we very much use a lot of different like body cues to, to help our dogs that we're working with understand what we want. And if we're having to hold equipment or, you know, manipulate the equipment at the same time, we lose that ability to be totally clear to the dog. So I much, exactly like you said, I prefer to have equipment that even if the dog needs to get off it, it's safe. It's going to be a step off. It's not, you know, it's
1: exactly i mean for me for me it, it's very essential in the handling work that you can stand in front of your dog and that you you sell you as a handler are very balanced as well because when we are close to the dog it's all the dog is always shifting weight to mm-hmm. or to your side or f- from your side so it's not what we want because we want a balanced uh, my my thing is all oh, I want a balanced dog, and so my my training has to be balanced as well.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so I need this distance that I can influence with my body weight that yeah. the dog shifts how I want it, how I want the dog to shift his weight or stand balanced. When we we're talking about the stand exercise,
0: exactly. So, um, yeah, I think i'm to me the most important things about stand are one understanding the position it's not Mm -hmm. just like
1: yeah
0: it's a willy-nilly stand you know yeah so it's just like um there is a specific position and then the second important point is yeah you don't need um well, I can't even think what I was going to say. You don't need <laughs> a lot of the equipment to, that maybe you thought you needed to, to work on the core. <laughs> yep. Something like that. Um, Actually, real quick question with with the stand, because I feel like people are going to be wondering this because we didn't bring it up at all, is like we didn't, neither of us brought up that we use... Paw stackers or toy paw discs for this exercise. And I don't know, like, I don't tend to use them a lot for this. I every once for, in a for while. The st- well, for, for the, the stand,
1: stand exercise? Yeah. No. No. Just, for fun. For, just for fun, I do it yeah. so that, that my dogs can do it. But I use the paw stackers or toy paw stackers or the toy paw disc for more active exercises
0: yeah okay me too I just I I didn't I figured people would be wondering because that you know it does seem like
1: the exercise for them
0: yeah the big advertisement for like that type of equipment like the you know, the, especially the paw stackers is mm. being able to 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 stand with one paw on on one. So you know, you've got all four. Yeah, it's so. it's
1: it's it's great, but it's not my main piece of right. equipment I use for the stand exercise.
0: Yeah, so. I, exactly, I would say I actually I differentiate it in that yes, I don't use it for the stand exercise. I use those more. Like I would use that for teaching body awareness and like exactly. that if they have individual legs, but I'm not using it for stand.
1: Cool. I use it. I use it when I want for a specific proper stand with the rear when going over something or going on mm-hmm. then Then I use it for uh, in handling, handling training, mm-hmm. but not for a proper stand exercise. Uh, i think because maybe my background is showing people think i will use it especially for the this nice stack uh Mm -hmm. because of these uh stacking blocks that are still very popular yes i don't like those never (laughs) ever never ever put a puppy on these stacking blocks it's just horrible and in my opinion useless Um, the only benefit is maybe a nice picture in yeah, my opinion, yeah, but yeah. that's just my opinion.
0: <laughs> okay. I feel like we've, we've covered stand. I,
1: think I we're would,
0: good yeah. with that exercise. Are we ready to move on to the next one? Of course. Okay. So the next one we both listed was the, stand to down to stand and i'll i'll describe it what it looks like to me first and then we'll see if we match up so to me this stand to down to stand the key is that again you start out in a good posture stand (laughs) and the dog basically moves in such a way that their paws don't move as they go into the down and it's the a fold thing.
1: folding
0: yeah they fold back mm. into the down and then same thing to stand back up they um the paws remain stationary and they like unfold back up into the stand mm. the other thing that i really look for is maintaining i, I would I often describe it to people as the top line because I think that's the easiest thing for most people to visualize. But really what I mean is like the whole torso and abdomen stay aligned when the dog does the movement. Because a lot of times what we'll see is like, yeah, the paws don't move, but the dog, the front end goes down first and then the back end goes. And so Mm -hmm. you'll see kind of this um not uh, the best word i like, can think of is a break in the spine where yeah. it, the spine's not aligned anymore you get this little this like arching that happens it's like, it's like a step
1: in between and not another a mo- I, I always um oh, how can i describe it it's like for me it's like a, a, a like a float movement yeah. and when they first go down in the front there is an exercise or a position in between but I want this like a wave that yeah. goes smooth from one position to the other and not one, posi- one position in between.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, the other thing I think is speed of the exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I think a lot of people, especially if they're in sports, they initially <laughs> want it to be very fast,
1: yeah. no.
0: and I want it slowed down. I want. So exactly. I, I really relate this exercise to like a human push-up when you're really trying to keep your core um, engaged and aligned. And like, I think about like when I'm tired and I'm doing a push-up, I often like drop my front first. And then I will just mm. let the back fall and then, you know, same kind of thing. I'll push up with just the front and then I'll bring the back up. And so there's this, like, it's not all working all together. And, and that's because the core is not being engaged. And so that's how we want to know the core is actually working in the dog by seeing this smoothness and this controlled movement, yeah. not just... A speed demon and like you know, front end, back end, front end, back end, kind of thing.
1: I usually when I have a sport um, people coming and you see, yeah, it's often border collies and they do it like tack, 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 tack. I always let that let, let the owner do squats, yeah, and 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 ask them do it fast and then do it slow. And then I, I, I let them compare what they feel themselves. And then they yeah. realize why I want it slow. Yeah. And something that I would like to mention is uh, I, I look uh, when they go to the down position. When the dog goes to the down position, I look uh, elbow and knee position. I think we didn't mention that. This okay. is very- well,
0: let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I think that's for me it's very important how the right. how the elbow position that it's not that we yeah. don't like, have elbows out and knee out. In, yeah. So in, that it's this yeah. one line. It's I think it's it's the line you were talking about. So it's right. not just a top line, it's the whole body is like la- like folding in one and we don't have this okay, let's when we have when I have older dogs or my oldie class, um I I let it's okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, that's something I, I I look that we can, um, but we we can influence that with the piece of equipment we choose. Yeah. So, what is your favorite piece of equipment to start to start this? So,
0: honestly, I use pretty much the same Mm -hmm. kind of progression as I do with stand. You know, I'm going Mm -hmm. to start with stable targets for Mm -hmm. front and back um, and then progress to instability equipment. And I usually, my first choices are going to be things like the twin disc or the uh, fit stage yeah. type products. Um, and then from there I might add in circular stuff. So like the paw disc or, you
1: know, um, know if you want it to you- go big, yeah. I guess a
0: donut, but I don't tend to, like I have very few except for my like most, most advanced um, that I would ever like try and do something like this on a donut or even on the cloud. I have done down to stands on the cloud, but that's yep. very much super advanced. Um, Exa- not yeah, I many, agree. Not many of my clients that work with me regularly get to that point, only mm-hmm. only a very few.
1: I usually start with uh, with the with the fit stage because it just gives the dog this frame where I want I want these lines yeah, yeah. where I want to have the body in it but it's in the beginning it's it's very hard inflated so it's very stable yeah and um yeah i i I like to start with that and maybe maybe put sensi mats on it as well for more traction or i are i also uh, take this l-shaped board on the stage so Mm -hmm. we have this barrier in the front so they don't go when some some dogs tend to when you use such a platform they go into the front and the paw the front paws go over the edge and i don't like that that's when i use this l-shaped board to give them this barrier so you have to fold back down
0: (laughs) yes i do not like that here when the paws go over the front edge yeah um i like the idea of using a fit stage um for it especially with the like elbow and knee alignment Mm -hmm. and everything and i do always especially with the more beginners that are just kind of progressing to it i always use the scentsy mats on top Mm -hmm. of the fifth page to just just try and give them a little bit more information of exactly where i want their paws Mm -hmm. to be um during the movement
1: which one do you use i i usually use then the wave one because it gives them this line to put the pause in the same line that's my favorite one for for this uh...
0: yeah i don't i would say i don't necessarily pay a lot of attention
1: <laughs> okay um... so but but try this because the wave one you the pause then they are the you get more parallels than with the wave one because they they go they stand on it and they, and it yeah. gives them a small barrier already with the with the with the shape of the knobs. So, okay. um, so that people know I, that there is uh, an ID behind these different textures. Textures. Wow. It's not just, um yeah. I had fun and made it made it some uh, design, and that's the new mat. No, there is actually that's the meaning when you use it like this. That you when you use two, uh, and then that they can the pause can sink in and have this little stop. So it's uh, yeah.
0: yeah, very cool. I'm I'm definitely gonna pay attention to that mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. um, again, usually it's just whatever I. I'm like, oh, I want these. Where's the
1: yeah. nearest one? Yeah, just take now? one. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but the the, the the wave one was especially designed for especially exactly this idea to give them um, for a proper stand to give them some lines to stand in.
0: Cool. Good to know. Yeah.
1: Just just ask. More.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I feel like, I, I think we've kind of covered everything with the down to stand. I, I think so too. I think yeah. to me, the down to stand is one of the harder exercises to get just right. Um, I Like you said, with with the stand exercise that you feel like your people are like, oh, she's so picky with this bubble. <laughs> I feel like a lot of my clients feel that way with the da- the stand down stand because I'm super picky on it and how they move because I yeah, yeah, I just feel like I mean, again, it goes back to how I described with like the human push up. There's a lot of ways to cheat so that you're not actually using your core, and I think it's very similar in dogs. Like there's a lot yes. of ways for them to move and technically be doing a stand down stand. But they're not engaging their core at all.
1: No, it's just um, they pull yeah. pull up from the front. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah you, 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 they, they can cheat, and and I agree, it's something to keep an eye on. Where is the actual movement coming from? It's yeah. just yeah. So, uh,
0: it, just one thing I'm going to throw in um, with it is one thing I will do if a dog is really struggling with getting Mm -hmm. the proper movement that i want um to me oftentimes the hardest part is actually the stand to down right it's controlling Mm -hmm. that downward movement and so i will take that part out And just work on the down to stand and get. So you start. You
1: start in the down position. Yeah. So I have them
0: like come in and either sit first, like sit down. So so we get in the down position without building a bad habit of doing it wrong. So rather than like going asking them to go from a stand to down and do it wrong, I put something else in there. Like Mm -hmm. usually it's a sit. It's like, okay, let's get on the equipment. We're going to sit first and then get into a down. And then from the down, I want that, you know, make sure the down is nice and aligned. So make sure that the dog understands that. And then from that position, getting the dog to stand up without moving their paws with, you know, keeping everything
1: aligned. So along it's, their spine. is it do i get it right it's like stand sit down stand yeah sit oh, down stand
0: a lot of times that's how i'll mm-hmm. give it to the owner so, so it's right in- it, yeah and they understand like the the cycle of it but sometimes when i'm playing around we don't we might like i i've you know some dogs will like kind of move into the equipment and you kind of can get them like immediately into a down without even, you know, doing the stand. So I sometimes kind of uh, (laughs) be a little too efficient when I'm working with a dog. If I need like the client to understand and do it at home, that's where I usually add the sit in to break Mm -hmm. it up. Yeah. When When I'm doing it, it's yeah. change it up a little bit, but it's basically, it's the principle that it's going to be easier for the dog to engage their, keep their core engaged and control the movement going from a down to stand. And so I can build strength just Mm -hmm. doing repetitions of that before I try to ask for the stand to down again, especially if the stand to down is a big struggle. Because I right, we don't want to repeat movement that we don't want a lot because mm-hmm. then even if we're not reinforcing it, it's still that that motor pattern is being built just by yeah. the dog doing it over and over again. And we don't want to build an incorrect motor pattern.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. like hang, hanging your paws over the edge this yes. <laughs> totally. drives me crazy i tell you it <laughs> drives me crazy this is yes. why I... oh.
0: yeah yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly and once they've practiced like once that's been repeated yep. a it's, lot they, it, they just keep doing
1: it yeah that's why i invented my l board as well yeah. for this exercise which it just it, this was just like oh let's try this Maybe yeah. it helps. It it works great for a proper stand. Maybe it helps with that exercise as well. So perfect. Yeah. Good.
0: Cool. Okay. Next we, one? Yeah. Let's let's go on to the plank. We've we've wrapped up down to stand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now
0: we're we're on to our third exercise, which is the plank. And I'm going to let you since I described down to stand what I think it looks like. I'll let you describe plank and see if we're on the same page.
1: Oh, now I have to work. That's not yeah. nice of you. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's for me, the, the plank is just, it's, it's a progression of the proper stand where the rear is uh, is higher. Um, I usually use something that is like a wedge, uh, on the wall or something or just a, something like or, or a cloud as well so that the rear is higher and then we have this um, extended hip position um, yeah that's yeah. and the weight comes a little bit more to the front so we have yeah extended hip weight yeah. more on the front uh, yeah. nice uh, top line so what else
0: good head position yeah.
1: exactly so
0: uh, yeah i mean that's pretty much exactly how i imagine it in my head i think um
1: front position we maybe it's not it's not that they are not the, yeah, the front. It's, it's nice not, under it's, it's nice in under line with them exactly so maybe that um, we have to say that as well not that they think the front goes yeah. on yeah
0: um for for people that have worked with me most likely, they're going to recognize this as what I call an iliopsoas plank, um, but it's the same thing. I just, yeah, I just true. differentiated because I had seen someone else call something completely different a plank, and I wanted to make okay. sure, like, this is what I mean, like. Yeah, because of the uh, he picks- yeah, the focus okay. is on the core um a- exactly how you described it. You know, I want basically the front end it looks like what it should look like in a good stand mm-hmm. but instead we've we've asked for a rear pod target that's up off the ground so that you've got hip extension, you've got this nice elongated spine. You're keeping the head neutral or low i think a lot of times i see people like bring the head up Uh, yeah no and and then the spine gets out of alignment
1: Uh, i I like it in one line that's my favorite that it's the back and and head or in in one line and then
0: and then i think for me so definitely you know puts a lot a lot of weight on the front end so Mm. i mean it's a great um front leg stabilizer exercise as well yeah But I also look for kind of the dog to be pushing into the rear paw target, Um, you know, that they're, they're using that as part of the way to maintain the position. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think of like, if someone is doing, like, if you're doing a wall sit, where you, you you sit with your back against the wall, part of the reason that that works is you're you're not just holding yourself up with your legs you're putting pressure into the wall and that's what I want to see with those rear legs is I want to see a little bit of pressure into the equipment to help hold themselves up Mm. so then you mentioned some equipment that you use
1: um Yeah, uh, yeah I use uh um, in, in the front, some uh, in the beginning I use in the front, um, sometimes a sense image has four locations, no. it's like a target, so they have this, they know where the path should be located, and in the rear, uh, <laughs> a wedge is my favorite yeah. so they can they can back up on it and then we can go into the exercise that's my my favorite one and i sometimes use sensi, a on the rear as well so that they they have distraction to really push uh, into the wall i set it up uh, at a wall so they they can go back and
0: yeah I agree. Like the wedge, I think is my favorite for this exercise. Mm-hmm. Like that's definitely in the perfect situation. All the dogs would be able to use the wedge and in, in agree. Sometimes I put a scentsy mat in it or on it to, to have a little bit more sensation to their paws mm-hmm. as they push into it. Um, I don't, I usually always use something stable for the front. I I have to say, I haven't really ever progressed this exercise to include instability in the front, but I think you could, if you got to a point where the dog could handle it, I think you could add instability to the front. Um, I will say I have had a lot of dogs who, you know, generally evaluating them, I'm like, oh, they're, they're pretty fit. They're they can handle this. And when we try to do it, I, you know, I grab the wedge first cause that's what I want them to be able to do it on and they can't do it. It's, it's too hard. Um, and so in those cases, I, I will often use some kind of platform that I can gradually increase the angle of it to, to help them understand. So, right now my like I would use the Kato board Mm -hmm. because that's what I've got plenty of and it's just yeah easy they're all over the place (laughs) (laughs) easy to just grab one but and I would start with it as just a rear paw target position so the Kato's completely flat on the ground back feet are on that front feet are on the ground or scentsy mat and I just kind of gradually get like the dog to stretch out a little more mm-hmm. but have them understand they still have to keep their rear paws on the cato board
1: so what and is then, the height from the from the ground um, it's maybe 10 10 centimeters
0: or something probably yeah about 10 centimeters mm, so it's, mm. yeah it's pretty low yeah. um, but then with it i can gradually change the angle right so i can start to get it to look More and more like the wedge, because I'll, you know, put something underneath one. For example,
1: and what do you put underneath? For example, just uh, just, another
0: Kato board under. Okay. So it's like flat Mm -hmm. Kato, and then one Kato is angled. So
1: you have a slightly sloped uh, sloped. platform. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. I'll use sometimes if I feel like they can handle it, which usually when we've been working on it, they can, like put a twin disc under. One then it's of, a little you know, bit unstable so you start to get a little bit unstable um and then I just try you know look at different things like can I put a keto board with the twin disc on top and then the angled one so you know just trying to gradually raise it up um if if the dog really needs that kind of slow progression. Sometimes Mm. it is just a matter of the dog understanding the exercise. And so once they realize, oh, I'm supposed to keep my rear paws on this thing while I'm stretching out forward, then you can go to the wedge. And they're like, yeah, now I understand. So I I always move around with testing so if we try it for a week like the next time they come in i might first just test it with the wedge see if they can do it yet yeah, if they can't then i'll try and split the difference and make something a little bit harder than we did last time but you know still easier than the wedge
1: yeah because it gets when it's hard inflated it gets a little bit rocky the the wedge itself gets a little bit rocky yeah i can i can see i can see that um and
0: then again for like advanced dogs i do i'll use the cloud um mm. i think that's a a good one but it is definitely harder than the wedge yeah just a lot more movement to it it is it is i
1: mean the, the, the texture it's it's uh yeah
0: yeah so yeah i think that covers plank
1: that's a fun one
0: it's it's i i like that exercise a lot i think all all four of these honestly they like much show up in every plan (laughs) that i have so um
1: i i I just think the last one is sometimes difficult to give as a homework because of yeah some uh, owners don't don't understand how yeah. to how to do it yeah. properly but uh, it's Whoa. definitely these are my these are our favorite exercises yeah. otherwise you would have chosen different ones
0: right? <laughs> yeah so the last one i call a hiccup and you call a hop back
1: back back hop
0: back, back, hop. back hop um So the way I tend to describe this exercise to people is that it's the basic movement is the same as a rock back sit. So Mm -hmm. the dog has the rear end, the rear paws targeted and the front paws move backwards into
1: the sit. Mm -hmm. What
0: makes the hiccup or the hop back, back hop, back hop,
1: Call it hiccup, they they will understand. They will know I, I know what you mean. And so
0: um so okay, we'll just call it the hiccup for now. So to me, the difference of the hiccup is that we are elevating the rear end. So the dog not only has to move the front legs backwards into a sit, now they have to actually pull them up into a higher elevation. And into a sit. Um, so pretty much this one requires some kind of equipment use from the beginning. Um, and I will say, again, in my hands, this is not typically an exercise I start with. This is something we have to work up to. There's lots of work on, you know, sits and other things before we even attempt a hiccup. Um but the big thing I'm looking for with this exercise, again, is really that core activation, seeing the dog engage its core to pull its mm-hmm. body up and backwards. Exactly. What I see when dogs do it wrong, what I see is they often are they they like lower their front basically flex their elbow and shoulders and lower their head and then they push off with their front end to get a lot of power off their front Mm -hmm. to almost like throw their body up and backwards into position and there's definitely a way to do it without having to use those core muscles um you know i was my my clients hear this all the time where I talk about like how momentum we do want momentum for certain things, but a lot of times in exercise, momentum is a cheat. It's Mm -hmm. a way to (laughs) not engage the muscles that we want. And so I think that's what's happening when the dog is like powering up, powering up in the front and then like flinging themselves up and backwards. Um, The other thing I see a lot of dogs do initially is Um, especially if the, the rear target is a little bit lower, they, instead of like pulling their body, they just step (coughs) up.
1: Yeah. It's just like,
0: it's just like a step up, a backward step up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then we have to work on really getting the dog to understand, no, it's like this, it's this one synchronous movement. It's not one leg, next leg, push, Mm -hmm. sit, you know, together. it's fluid. Um, and for equipment, again, I'm, I'm starting with platforms that are stable, that off the ground, have some height. I do like to start fairly low because I, I want the dog to understand the movement before I ask for difficulty. So I often start with like, I might do like two Kato boards stacked on top of each other Mm -hmm. um, before I progress up. And then I have different level platforms that I can switch to, to um, get more height. For equipment, um, this is the one that I tend to use different equipment than with most exercises. So I do think you could definitely use a fit stage. I think that mm-hmm. would be a good works good. That's
1: what we are yeah, doing.
0: Yeah. A good step. I tend to use, um, and actually this is where I probably would use a paw disc. I haven't, okay. like, I'm switching to that mm-hmm. um, or like the paw disc on top of a keto board to give it a little bit more height before the paw disc came about. I was using, this is where I would use the giant disc. Um, oh and I would put that, I would start with it on the ground and then like gradually put it on stuff to raise it up and I might eventually progress to a donut, but the donut, there are things with the donut that I didn't like for this exercise, like the hole in the middle and, you know, it uh, definitely was the more advanced. I, I kept it for a few select kind of like knowing them, knowing them and having worked with them and being like, okay, I think they're ready for this. Even if it doesn't go exactly right. Um, I would also say I haven't used, done it as much. Um, but the cloud works for this exercise as well, especially if you use it long ways.
1: Okay. So, I've never tried with the cloud. Yeah.
0: So you not, I mean, smaller dogs could do it, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: T-shaped. Um, for my dogs, I've always had it where it's it's the long ways so that there's plenty of room for them to sit on it comfortably.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I use uh, steps plus platforms or the fit stages. And a little helper I sometimes use for those lazy ones <laughs> is a cavaletti in front so they have mm. that's my my little helper I, I sometimes use so they that's a in, great idea. To increase height they have to go over but not increase the height in the rear. So I use a cavaletti. Yeah yeah, that's
0: a great idea. I have not ever tried that but I feel like especially for some of the dogs that struggle understanding it Mm -hmm. I think that's that would be a big help so I'll probably start throwing that in when yeah let's
1: try it It, it, it's something that's something what I really like to do to do to to find the helpers to make it easier for myself and the dogs so this is something uh, I I really I really like to do so
0: yeah always <laughs> always using the environment to our advantage to bring clarity to the dog i think it's exactly. one nice thing that we can do it in fitness because it's not like we're ever competing where they say okay you can only have these it has to be
1: like this yeah, yeah.
0: It's, you can always add things you can always take things away but and that's okay it's yeah,
1: just as as as, movement. as long as it as it makes sense, is safe for the dog, and yeah, and it, it is, it helps the dog, um, uh, body wise. It it is okay. Yeah. I, I mean, exactly. it's just yeah. uh, we can do whatever we want <laughs> as, long as, as long as it is safe yeah. and makes sense.
0: Wow, you know, yeah. yeah, that was that was fun. We wrapped up all four exercises, and wow. I, think we, I think we did a good job getting through <laughs> all of them, explaining them. Hopefully, everyone that's listening understanding can visualize what we were saying.
1: Um, yeah, if someone then- needs pictures or something of the of the equipment combinations we were talking about. Uh, yeah, we have our Facebook page just wow. right there. So we can make take pictures and um
0: and I was help understanding we, it. Yeah. Um and maybe we we I think we could maybe add some some videos to the Patreon page to help, you know, if, if to help understanding really how, to it how it works. Videos of, of what we're talking about, how and how we do it. That'll be uh, for the patrons. Yeah, so, yeah. um, what are so we talking
1: we... about next episode? We what? have we have to choose a body part.
0: Yeah, actually, this time
1: is yours. You you have to choose now. <laughs> okay, I chose. I've chosen. So i I'm, I'm gonna put.
0: I'm gonna have one little. Sidebar. before we get to that.
1: Is this and a that, dog's paw? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, um, for I'm, everyone who can see the video, it looks great.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to say that I find it interesting that neither of us brought up Sit so Pretty as one of our favorite core exercises Ooh. and you know, that often <clears throat> gets thrown around as like Dee. the best core exercise. Yeah. So maybe we should do like a tiny little mini-sode on like talking a little bit about this sit pretty. And then also, of course, if patrons have specific questions about this episode and the exercises um, and the equipment, we could talk about that in, in a mini-sode um, as well before we move on to the next body part.
1: To the next. Yeah, I think that's a so, good, great idea. Yeah. Um, so we'll put I, a call out
0: I, for questions. Who? <laughs> so Cool. So next body part. I, I'm going to pick one that... Is just a constant in my world. Um, which is let me know. let
1: me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> Can I try
0: three times? Yes, and I will. Say, just a reminder that my world is the agility world for everyone. Yeah. So yes, give it a guess. When I
1: what do I get when I win? Uh... <laughs> you get. Uh, just, just that you a that you know I, a potograph, picture of ghost. Oh, perfect! <laughs> just that you know, I, I, I'm just indicating for you a visual that I think I know which body yep. part you're choosing. Okay. One, two, three. If it isn't shoulder, I'm <laughs> eating a broom.
0: <laughs> it is the shoulder. Ah, well. <sighs> Yes, it is something, I mean, it just, it's a constant, you know, I, I, the large percentage of people I worked with were dealing with shoulder issues, um, so I think that's a good one to talk about, because I think there are a lot of things we can do to keep the shoulder strong, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's funny, because when I first started my residency I was very interested in shoulder research and my mentor asked me do you want to be the shoulder person if you do the research if you do this if you do what you're talking about you will you you're you will be defined as the shoulder person and I was like (laughs) no I don't want to be the shoulder person um but what kind of person are
1: you now the stifled person no
0: (laughs) I don't I'm I fitness that's what I wanted to be I wanted to be fitness um so more general than like a specific body part but the shoulders I mean it's it's always gonna be a thing and I I think that yeah I have I have good ideas of how to take care of it so
1: oh i th- that's going to be very interesting <laughs> yeah cool i i think it's a great it's a great body part there are a lot of interesting exercises we can do yeah and uh what if we end up with the four with the same four exercises again <laughs>
0: i mean it might
1: just be that we're sharing the same brain i don't know <laughs> uh, then it's becoming a little bit creepy yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it for that today Wow. Yeah. no fun fun, fact. do we have a fun fact or not today Ooh, do
0: we have a fun fact i don't know do you have a fun fact
1: i am a fun fact <laughs> I am the fun fact.
0: Oh no. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll, I'll no? have
0: to put the fun fact on hold until the mini zone.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe, so, I, can,
0: so, maybe I, I will try to find a fun fact for the core. See if I can find
1: something. Yeah, that's that's your task for next time no. and I and I have to
0: dive into
1: the agility world. Yes. That's my task. <laughs> That's great. I'm looking forward to the next episode. So, and mini so sit pretty, mini so. Yeah. Perfect. This is it. And this
0: is it. We're good. So, We're good. so we have to remember. Yeah. To stay fit. And. Stay in the stay game. In the game. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Listening to Let's Talk Canine Fitness. If you enjoyed our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at www.letstalkcaninefitness.com. Want some bonuses? Support us on Patreon. Every month we will release a mini sode exclusively from Patreon questions. Plus, Other special bonuses you will find only on the Let's Talk Canine Fitness Patreon page. This episode was produced by Leslie Eide and Katerina Mattioli. Music written and performed by Moonfly. Music provided by PremiumBeat.com.